0: Hello, I am Grayson Brulte, and welcome to another episode of SAE Tomorrow Today. Before this episode begins, please kindly take a moment to follow and be notified when a new episode is released. Before we launch today's episode, let's talk about relationships. As an SAE Tomorrow Today listener, you've heard about how personal relationships have made an impact on an individual's career. At its core, SAE is all about connecting people and helping those individuals develop relationships. It's never been more essential than it is today. For a limited time, SAE is offering a free trial to its exclusive member connection online platform. And what does this mean to you? It allows you to join real-time discussions on critical advancements, get answers to technical questions, and start to develop and build connections that eventually turn into relationships. Experience the power of connecting through SAE. Click the link in the show notes and sign up today to start your free member connection trial. On today's episode, I sat down with Sid Kitson, the founder, chairman, and CEO of Kitson & Partners, the creators behind the visionary Babcock Ranch, America's first solar-powered town. On this episode, we discuss the future of sustainable energy, their economic viability, and even their electric ice cream trucks. Everything Americana. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Sid.
1: Uh, Thank you, Grace. Great to be here.
0: It's great to have you here. You, sir, are a, a true visionary. You are building, which is referred to as the town of tomorrow, the city of tomorrow, it's absolutely incredible where you start with Babcock Ranch, to where you are today, to where you're going. And I can't wait to dive into this conversation because your vision is absolutely phenomenal.
1: Thank you very much. It's been a long journey, but it's been, been very exciting. Exciting to be where we are today.
0: It's been an awesome journey. And we're gonna. I'm going to go way back in the in the Sid journey here for a minute because Sid, you grew up in a small town. You lived on your bike. I lived on my bike, played outside all day. You played outside all day as the founder of Babcock Ranch. How does this experience impact the way you're developing Babcock?
1: It's it's amazing how much your childhood influences what you do later on in life. My mother literally would kick us out of the house in the morning uh when we were little kids and say just just be home before the lights come on and or be home for dinner. Uh and it was great it, that that feeling of freedom and and to you know be able to hop on your bikes and just just explore and and really get to you know uh, kind of Feel that uh, independence that we all love so much. But here's what was so great about it. You know, we we used to, we had no computers, no phones, no Game Boys, uh, none of those things that are distracting. And uh, and when we play sports, hey, believe it or not, we pick our own teams and there are no referees, nobody. We just figured it out on our own. And, and it was absolutely wonderful. And by the way, you learned how to interact. You learned how to do things uh, together and not necessarily agree on everything. And yeah, we had a few scrapes, but you know, we, we got through it. But it was, it was that feeling that I'll never forget. Um, and, and that's exactly the kind of feeling we wanted to, to create here at Babcock Ranch. And you do that through design and it's very purposeful. And I think we've done it at at uh, at Badcock Ranch. As a matter of fact, Grace, if I could just finish with one story. Um, when our school uh, let out the other day at three o'clock, if you go, if you look in the front of our school, there are hundreds of bikes, and uh, and so it was uh, three o'clock, and uh, and the kids came out and they and they all jumped on their bikes just like when we were kids. And uh, some went down uh, fishing. Some went to the the the, uh, the the ballpark. Some went to the playground. Some went home. It just they scattered in a hundred different directions. It was exactly what I remember when I was a kid. It was exciting to see.
0: It's beautiful, the vision that you've described. As you can call it Norman Rockwell esque. It's it's true Americana. It's beautiful because we don't have that a lot today. And yes, did we have our scrapes and our bruises? Yes. But we knew at dinner time we were home. And one of my friend's mom, she was the cutest thing. She had the bell when the bell rang. It was, <laughs> That's you right. Had come in for- I had a few friends with the bell. I remember that. <laughs> That's right. And it was fun when we, we, we got older, maybe 12 or 13. Oh, my dad got us like these little, uh, my daughter, my sister, my sister and I, these Timex watches. And he said, okay, when this, he showed us how to five o'clock. And that was you had to be home at five o'clock and trying to right. to build that independence. And it's really incredible that you're making this possible for so many of the wonderful families that have moved into Babcock because that's what we grew up with and and it's a wonderful experience.
1: It's a, great way to, it's a great way to live, it's a great way to grow up, it's a great way to learn responsibility, how to interact with each other, not necessarily agree with your friends. And sometimes, as we said, you get into a few scrapes, but I'll tell you what, Within a very short period of time, we are hugging each other and laughing and, and forgot all about it. So that's that's just the way we grew up.
0: The best part about this, you learn conflict resolution and we would play. I'm a big baseball guy we, and, and there would always be one person that would go over the fence or go into somebody's yard and we lose the ball and the game's over. Okay, who's going to go get the next ball for the game That's right. Tomorrow?
1: <laughs> that's, right. that's exactly right. I remember is, those days.
0: Is this vision what's driving families to Babcock? It's a, it's a safe environment it's a clean environment, it's a loving environment, said, okay, we moved to Babcock, we've got some incredible schools. Our children can be children. Is that one of the driving things that our families are relocating there?
1: I I don't think there's any question. I I think it's also that it's a healthy environment. There's nothing that's perfect, uh, and we certainly have those things that we want to continue to improve on. But when they move here, the parents know that their kids have places to go, uh, that uh, they can be outdoors, uh, that there is Wi-Fi throughout the community too, by the way, so that uh, that the, the being connected, I think, is is something that parents uh, uh, like uh, in today's world. But uh, we kind of it eyes on the street, uh, neighbors, uh, other people are always kind of keeping an eye on things, and everybody's out and about. So that's what creates a safe environment: are the people. Sure, we have our security force and we have our our police here, and that's sort of part of it. Uh, our, our security uh, group here interacts with the people that live here. Uh, if the kids are misbehaving, they're not gonna, you know, bring them in or whatever. They're, they, they talk to them. Uh, they they explain to them what's what's the right way to do things. Uh, I, and Grayson, you probably remember this. When I was a kid in in my town, if we were misbehaving, uh, and a police officer came up to us, the first thing they'd say is, "Hey, Sid, you want me to tell your father about this?" And I would just. Beg and please don't tell my father anything but that. I, I, I promise I'll never do it again. I mean, it was, it was a very different way of law enforcement, that's for sure. But, uh, but you know, I think that interaction and getting, the, uh, getting the, 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 the kids and the parents and the people here to trust uh, the security uh, uh, folks that we have here, I think, is very, very important. And they, that's, that's what we're creating.
0: It's funny you say that, because when the officer said that, you knew you were in deep voodoo. <laughs> Gosh forbid your father gets a phone call. We all knew that we were in trouble. Babcock has this, <laughs> a, you have this incredible community, but you also have a love for the environment and a respect for, for nature, the way it's laid out. And you're very passionate about the environment. Can you please talk about how you designed Babcock Ranch with the environment and the beautiful natural surroundings of that area?
1: Uh, absolutely, and and uh, you know, as as quote a developer, we ha- we impact uh, the land, and uh, we have to take responsibility for those impacts and make sure that uh, that whatever we're doing um, long term has a positive rather than a negative uh, long term effect on on our planet. We bought ninety one thousand acres. Um, that's one hundred forty three square miles. And then we sold 73,000 acres to the state of Florida and the largest land purchase in the history of the state. And then we ended up with 18,000 acres. And out of the 18,000 acres, we're preserving half of that. So at the end of the day, 90% of this ranch is in preservation forever. And we're very, very proud of that. And so we kind of we stepped back and we, we said, we're gonna be the most sustainable new town that's ever been developed in the country. And the way we started with that was uh, through energy, which we will talk about later on, to become the first solar-powered town in America. And then we took a look at, at how we're treating wetlands. And, and, uh, and I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, we have what is called the Curry Lake here at, at Babcock Ranch. And uh, what we did was um, it had dried out over the years because farmers had put in a series of canals And what we ultimately uh, did was put in a series of weirs and that entire lake uh, became rehydrated. And it was just absolutely remarkable to see just a year later how the land completely healed itself. And uh, now I think is absolutely one of the most beautiful pieces of of land that we have. And and then we took a look at how uh, our water quality uh, system works here and to make certain that as water comes into Babcock and exits Babcock Ranch, that it's as clean or cleaner uh, than when it came on the property. So we have a series of of scrubber marshes and uh, other things that we've done that actually make the water cleaner uh, when it leaves than when it when it enters. And then we took a look at all the wetlands. And one of the things you'll notice about Babcock Ranch when you come in is all these areas that are untouched throughout the community. So you you'll have these these neighborhoods that are surrounded. By by preserve and these lands that will never ever be built on, so it gives it a very different look and feel. Even though we're going to have almost 50,000 people living here, almost 20,000 homes, and six million square feet, it still has a very different feel. And when you drive into Badcock Ranch, one of the first things you're going to notice is there's not uh, grass everywhere. We have natural native plant materials planted all along our roads, and there's a reason for that. Uh, they're 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 handle. Uh, the uh, weather conditions uh, here uh, in Florida, weather conditions are much better than just regular turf or, or non-native plant materials. You'll notice that everything here is basically a native plant. They do better with wind and drought and heavy rains. They do, you know, that's, that's why they're native plants. Uh, so it's, it's those types of things that we've incorporated into Babcock that we're, that we're, that we're very, very proud of that, uh, that we think have been very successful.
0: Because sustainability is at the core of Babcock. You have this incredible focus on the environment, but you're taking it a step further. And I want to say what you're doing is fantastically awesome because you fully embrace solar. You've built this incredible, and and you were very kind to take me out there, solar field that's powering Babcock. Will you please kindly talk about why solar, how you built the field, and how it's operating Babcock Ranch today? Because it's cool.
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And that's what I say. That's it, it, it is cool. It took us eight years to actually put that together. Um, and when we first started talking about how do we co- become the most sustainable new town, it was clear that energy use was one of those key initiatives that we needed to make certain uh, that we had in place at Badcock Ranch. How were we, what type of energy use Um, do we have and what what is it doing to our environment and uh, so we looked at everything from geothermal to uh, uh, even wind energy but obviously the best in in Florida is solar energy we are the sunshine state so it just makes perfect sense to do that but you know how to do that Uh, this is again back in uh, 2006-2007 and uh, at that time, people were just starting to understand what sustainability even meant. Uh, but I realized that the the best uh, chance I had of getting this done was to know, meet the people at Florida Power and Light. They're the ones who were actually at that time really being pioneers as it relates to solar energy. Didn't know who to talk to. So I, I started to look at uh, where their their president was uh, was kind of hanging out. And I found out that he was going to be speaking before a subcommittee up in Tallahassee. So I said, you know what, this is my chance. So I flew up to Tallahassee and I waited in the audience and in, in the audience as he gave his, his, uh, his talk to the subcommittee. And, uh, I basically was stalking him to be very candid. <laughs> and, uh, and as he, as he went into the elevator, I jumped in the elevator and, uh, And so that's the good news. So I I gave him this the true elevator speech that everybody talks about. The only problem was it was just two floors, so Uh I really had a short, really (laughs) short period of time. But you know, I talked to him about what what Babcock Ranch was about, what our goals were, and that we wanted to be the first solar powered town in in America, maybe the world. And uh, and we thought that uh, together we could make that happen. Would he be interested in, in pursuing this this big idea with us? And he looked at me and he thought about it and he said, you know what? I will have somebody call you tomorrow. And sure enough, he did. I got a call from uh, some of the people over. Actually, it was a, a guy by the name of Buck Martinez. Called me the next day. Um, and also another guy by the name of Eric Salagi, I work with very closely. He was now the CEO of Florida Power & Light. And, uh, and what I found was a group of people who were just as enthusiastic about it as I was. And which was great. That made it uh, that made it, uh, you know, that that part of it to have them not only buy in, but heck, they were they've been talking about this already and, and uh, really had it at the sort of the top of their agenda, if you will. So we began to work on getting legislation that would allow us to do it. Uh, all in all, it took us eight years to make it happen. Eight years. And uh, when the time came for for us to put this together, um, Florida Power and Light approached me and said, look, we just just still can't make these numbers work. And uh, they said, Sid, the only way this is going to work is if you give us the land. And they didn't think that was going to be possible. So they said and they said, obviously, you're not going to do that. And I said, well, wait a minute, I'll give you the land. Will you build the will you build the solar field? They said, yeah, we'll build it if you give us the land. So I gave them the land and they built the first 75 megawatt uh, solar power generating facility. And then not more than a year later, they built another 75 megawatts. So we have 150 megawatts of power at Babcock Ranch. So let me put that in perspective. That's 700,000 panels on about 840 acres. And they also built a uh, observation tower, so you can go up to the top of this and see it, and it's breathtaking. And right now we're in the process of building a welcome center so it will soon be open for everybody to come and see uh, as almost a tourist attraction. So people can, can actually see what this is about. It's a learning center. And uh, and people will be able to uh, understand exactly the scope and how it works. They also put in 10 megawatts of uh, battery storage. And actually it was the first solar to battery storage facility in the entire world. Now, Now there are bigger ones and they've done it in other places. I'm trying to convince them, of course, to to do more at Babcock. So we're completely, uh, if you will, almost off the grid. But the way it works is, is the solar power goes from from that solar field directly into the city of Babcock Ranch, directly to us, and then whatever's left over then goes into the grid. So when you go to Babcock Ranch and you see the lights in the in, in the in uh, the in the buildings or the houses, uh, particularly during the day, uh, it is truly solar energy. So if you're powering your electric vehicle, it's being powered by solar energy. Now, what happens is is when that 10 megawatts uh, kind of burns off at night, it does then have to switch over to natural gas for a short period of time in the evenings or at night. And then as soon as the the sun comes up, it then uh, it then uh, kicks back into the solar energy. What we're hoping is, is that we can get enough battery power to last through the night so that we are truly off the grid. We're not there yet, but but we're working on that.
0: There's no doubt in my mind you're going to get there. Battery technology is, is constantly improving. I'd love to know. Is Babcock Ranch the largest solar array in the state of Florida?
1: I, I, think, it's, I think it's probably tied for uh, the largest. When we first put it in, it was. Uh, but since then, uh, Florida Power and Light has multiple uh, solar fields, I think, throughout the state. And they're really, really uh, growing it in a very significant way. Uh, I think at this point, uh, I don't know if they have one that's larger than 150 megawatts, but they they certainly are are growing it, which we're very excited about to know that we are on the front end of uh, of this almost this revolution you're seeing, where so many of uh, of these communities now have solar energy. All and, and Florida Power Light is is taking the lead on that
0: you're you're a trendsetter and there's another thing i want to say this about you as an individual you do all the right things all the little things right and one of those things that really struck me every home built in babcock ranch has an electric vehicle charger i was like okay this is cool here's another here's the gentleman he's innovating he's leading why did you make that decision so early on because you're 100 percent spot on you're being validated in, in the markets today it's it's just it's cool and it's awesome.
1: You know it's it's so interesting because it's one of those things that does doesn't cost a lot of money to do if you do it up front. And uh, so we put in our specs and we told builders you you have to have this uh, ability for people to charge their their vehicles in the uh, in their uh, in their garages. But it was simple, like you said, it was a simple thing, but a meaningful thing. Because people now, when they buy an electric car, they don't have to go through the process of re- rewiring their house. Uh, it, it, it's a little thing, but, but meaningful. And it certainly encourages people, we hope. And you, if you come here to Babcock Ranch, not only do you see a whole lot of, uh, of electric vehicles, but you see a whole lot of, uh, of just EVs themselves, whether it be, I, w- I don't want to call them golf carts because that's not doing these vehicles justice. They're, they're electrically powered uh vehicles that are they're all kind of cool uh but they're street uh, street capable and uh, that's what most of the people here a good portion of the people here use to get around and i'm talking about families and uh empty nesters everybody uses these uh, and it's very exciting to see they have matter of fact during the holidays they have uh, these cart parades that are <laughs> really amazing uh, to see but that's what we encourage here we've designed our roads so that it's easy for people to do that it's safe for people to do that we have you know we have large sidewalks and then we have areas within the roads themselves that are easily accessible for these vehicles and for uh for bikes and for people to you know to walk and uh again it's it's about that infrastructure that you put in up front it's those little things that make a huge difference
0: and one of those little things is is an electric ice cream truck when, when you and I were children, it was a gas and the bell would come around. But you go, you, you put the Sid Touch on it, and we're going to give an electric ice cream truck that's, that's operating right. a Babcock Bob- Ranch. Could you talk about that? Because that ties into this beautiful uh, Americana vision.
1: You know, it's all about placemaking and having people uh, want to be a part of a, of a hometown. Uh, it, it, it it comes with the the events that we have, whether it be an art festival or um, this, this year we're going to have a series of, uh, of concerts that'll feature local bands. Uh, I'm talking about whether it be a high school or the university orchestras and, and that sort of thing. But I think everybody can, can step back and go, what are the, what are one of the great childhood memories you have? Well, I can still hear that good humor truck in my neighborhood. And when it, when that bell rang, I don't care if where we were or what we were doing, we would scream and ask mom and dad for dollars, whatever, and we'd run out to that, uh, and we would just wait, and it was very exciting. And uh, so, why not do that again? Why not do that here, except electrically powered vehicle? And uh, our our uh, students at the Babcock Neighborhood School actually came up uh, with the music uh, for the for the truck, uh, and and we're actually it's actually going to start in a, in about a week. And everyone's excited about it and where it's going to be here for many years to come.
0: It's a sense of pride because the, the children were a part of the experience. And that's the the beauty of Babcock. And you, you mentioned events. You host great events. And I want to say a huge thank you for myself and from SAE. You were very kind to allow SAE to host demo days in 2019, where we, we brought a self-driving Range Rover to drive around Babcock to have the residents of Babcock become familiar with this technology. It was a wonderful event, but... Going back a little bit further, you've embraced autonomy from day one. You embraced electrification from day one. And it's been said, and it's publicly reported, that you built Babcock to be the autonomous vehicle hub of the future. What did you see early on? Was it your incredible relationship with Larry Burns, the former GM executive, that made this vision come true? Could you talk about that? Because it goes back into you know being a visionary and being a leader.
1: Yeah, uh, you're right. We are, we are, and we're actually, uh, putting together with Larry Burns, a, a transportation plan here. During the pandemic, uh, the, the buses, the autonomous buses that we had uh, stopped and we had to wait for this pandemic to, uh, to start to pass, which it, we're, we're hopefully getting there at this point. But then it gave us an opportunity to step back and rethink uh, how we're going to do this. And we're now creating a series of hubs throughout Babcock Ranch that will feature not only autonomous vehicles but electric vehicles uh, bicycles uh, you know and other forms of transportation and they'll be sprinkled throughout the community encouraging people to only have one vehicle in their in their in their garage that's our ultimate goal but it did it all started when we met Larry Burns many many years ago and uh, he was at the time the senior vice president of research and development at General Motors He's kind of the father, if you will, of uh, the uh, electric vehicle and the autonomous vehicle. He he really encouraged and got uh, really got this all started. He's had a huge influence on on what we're doing, how we're doing it at, at Babcock Ranch. He did just write a book called Autonomy, which uh, is just a f- fantastic book if you're interested in in autonomous vehicles and transportation systems of the future. So he's. He's been a, a huge influence on us uh, and how we're going to do this and, and working with uh, you know future um, uh, uh, retailers and, and office buildings coming in and, and making sure they, uh, office users, and making sure they know that we're gonna have this autonomous system in place uh, as we go forward. I think it's very important for all of us to step back and realize that this is the future. It may, be, be take, it may take a little bit longer than we had hoped, but we think Babcock is a great living laboratory for this type of uh, of, of vehicle. Uh, it's it's Babcock is new. Uh, we have the the roads are all uh, charted, and and it's so it's easier for them autonomous vehicles to navigate around Babcock Ranch. And it's a great place to learn not only how the vehicle reacts, but how does the consumer? Feel about autonomous vehicles, and what are those things that we can learn? And uh, and we did learn early on uh, when people were using the uh, the autonomous vehicles that we had here, and we're taking those lessons and 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 trying to incorporate them into this next generation of autonomous vehicles that we're going to introduce to at Babcock Ranch.
0: Because the, the individuals operating those shuttles clearly understood, and Jason was one of them, and, about public trust and, and building the comfort with the vehicles. And, and the operators They there, they clearly explained what the vehicle is going to do, what the future of Babcock was to build that trust. And you were doing a phenomenal job. And I want to give a shout out to Larry because Larry was the first individual to see the electric vehicle skateboard. He understood the possibility of a skateboard before any other individual. And he's a, a, a true visionary and he, and he saw Segway, and it's a shame that GM didn't follow Larry's advice, because Larry's always two and three steps ahead of understanding the future. So Larry, if you're listening, keep rocking and rolling, sir, because you're always two steps ahead on mobility. Oh, I,
1: I will tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, we, uh, Larry, headed a, an initiative at the Earth Institute at Columbia University that uh, we were a part of. And Larry got up and talked about how in the, in the near future, you'll be able to go on your 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 phones and call a uh, a car to come pick you up no matter where you are it won't be a taxi service it'll be a service that whether it be an electric vehicle or just a, a car will come and pick you up and take you where you want to go to and it'll be paid through the phone so he he laid out this whole vision and and so i think it was five or six years later i said larry you know that's Uber, that's Lyft. I said you had this down. I said uh, he goes, yeah, but uh, you know he, 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 you know, if you had the the ability to actually do what those great uh, uh, entrepreneurs did, uh, uh, you can see what what's coming of this, and uh, and it's going to continue to evolve. But Larry is a visionary, and he he had that
0: down early on. And this reminds me of, of when you and I've spoken offline of a great quote when when you were in college, you met a developer, and he said to you. It was not about the money, it was about what you created. Can you talk about that, please? Yeah, you know, early in
1: my career, I, I was a, a football player, and, and uh, football's great, um, as are all athletics, but it, it really is about creating content, um, but nothing that is, is lasting. I don't think there's a single person out there will remember any block that I ever made in the when I played football, um, however, um, when I was in college, uh, I went to Wake Forest and uh, one of the alumni was a, was a developer in the area and he took me around Winston-Salem. And the thing I remember most about it was you know, the excitement he had in what he created. What, he, he never once mentioned money, not one time, but we went from, he showed me a few of the homes that he had built and he talked about the families living there. Then he showed me a subdivision. That he had built and how incredible it was we drove through it and he talked about all these little things that he had put into the subdivision and here's why we did this and here's why we did that and look at these families over here and look at these people and then so he just and he took me to each one of his his projects throughout the uh, uh, throughout uh, Winston Salem and I'll, I'll never forget it because I remember thinking to myself oh my gosh this is what I want to do because he had changed people's lives for the better and the enthusiasm and the excitement he had. Uh, was incredible and and the one thing i'll never forget he told me goes i don't go to work every day he goes i love what i do this is not a job this is uh this is a passion i never forgot it and that's exactly how i feel about what i do
0: it's obvious you have that passion you also have an incredible group of friends that surround you that have given you incredible advice over the years and one of those is there's an incredible gentleman jeb bush and he suggested when you build babcock ranch start with a school when when we met and you gave me the tour and you explained that whole thing, I was completely blown away by the and positive impact that that had. And and Jeb was a hundred percent spot on. Will you please kindly talk about the the impact that's had in the local community? Because what you showed me that day and the smiles on these children's faces and meeting the parents was like something very special.
1: It's project based learning, and uh, we're uh, just broke ground on our high school. In a uh, in our in our athletic facility, so it's it's pretty exciting. I'll never forget when Jeb said, "Sid, uh, you you have to start with a school." And I said, um, "Governor, um, nobody lives there." He said, "Sid, you need to start with a school. <laughs> Build the school." And and I remember thinking, "Well, we we didn't want to be just empty nesters. We wanted to be multi generational. And in order to be multi generational, you have to have a great school." So we built a school. I had one hundred and fifty six seats in it. And Grayson, I'll never forget it. We are just we are just sitting there going, "Oh, please, can we please just fill half these seats? If we fill half, we'll only lose a lot of money." <laughs> so, so uh, I'll never forget this. We we got our charter approved. It's a public charter school, and we got it approved, and it was in the papers. The next day, we received three to four hundred phone calls of people who uh, parents who wanted to put their students in our school. And it it was shocking to us so we filled all 156 seats immediately this is sounds like wonderful news that's the good news the bad news is we had no seats for the people moving into (laughs) Badcock. so so we immediately uh started uh uh, planning and building a brand new school which we have now uh we have uh which holds i think almost 600 students and we're about to build the high school which again is gonna be another, I think, uh, six or 700 students. And uh, we're, then we're uh, uh, in, in the very near future gonna put an addition on the uh, K through um, eight part of the school. So it is a huge part of our community and it's project-based learning. And project-based learning, I remember when I was a kid, for the most part, I'd be staring at the clock because all I wanted to do is uh, put a ball in my hands and start throwing it or running around or I just just wanted to get outside and do something. But what they do in this in this school is the students participate. They are a part of the problem solving or and part of creating things. It's project-based learning. And it's a lot of of the place, but it's a steam school. and uh, and I think these kids have embraced it uh, like 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 nothing I've ever seen. and uh, and you can see it in the results of 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 the of of how these kids are are performing and uh, how they're reading, how they're writing, how they're thinking, the critical thinking they have. Um, it's great to to have uh, these, you know, STEAM courses. And of course, it's extremely important to our, uh, to our education system. But kids also need to be able to problem solve. Uh, they need the softer skills, which I think most companies will tell you is just as important as having, you know, the learned skills. And I think that's what we're producing uh, in this school.
0: The school also has incredible design and the way it's designed is modular and it, the, the safety that's designed in, into that school. And I was completely blown away with the way that the, the windows are shaped, the way that if a teacher's doing a science project, the room could expand to bring in more students. Could you talk about that? Because it's, it's t- you built the school of the future with all these really, you incorporate safety, but you innovation to allow a child's imagination to run and build something special with their teachers and, and fellow students.
1: It's about it's really about one size does not fit all. I think it what this school allows students to do is to excel. So if they are learning fast and they want to go to the next level, they can. But for those students who need help, the great part about the school is is they're not putting them into the next grade or moving to, to the next chapter until they understand and comprehend the one that's at hand, what's what's before them. That's really important because too many schools take these kids and just want to move them on versus really finding out do they understand this subject matter and and uh and so this school really does a great job of doing just that and the design of the school enhances that experience if you look at the high school as an example and what we're building right now it looks it looks almost like a college campus there's so many places uh rooms within it that are interactive and uh it's an absolutely gorgeous school that is gonna allow, uh, again, these students to excel. It's all about student success and student outcomes. And uh, that's what we're focused on uh, at the Babcock Neighborhood School.
0: That's fantastic. And Staying on the community element, there's a public's opening soon in Babcock Ranch, which is awesome because it's a self-contained community now. Talk about that, please.
1: It's often said that once you get a Publix, you're there, you're successful. Yeah. So our uh, our new Publix is and it's a it's a wonderful uh, new prototype that uh, Publix is putting out. It has a mezzanine, but it's opening up uh, at the it, at the end of the summer. I think at the end of August, uh, it'll be open along with all the other uh, uh, needs and uses that that come with it in most uh, you know public shopping centers that that's important because you're right, we want people to stay here. We don't want people to leave Babcock Ranch. We want them to live, work, uh, uh, and play here and, and learn here. And that's exactly what's happening. We have the schools. We now have the shopping. Uh, people are not only working from home, but we are we have businesses that are moving into, into Babcock Ranch. And it's a wonderful place to, to be with our trails and, and our hiking, biking. Uh, and uh, the the uh, playgrounds we have for the kids, and and the uh, uh, all the adult uh, entertainment we have, so there's plenty to do here at Babcock Ranch, and 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 that's important because the, the the solution to transportation is not making more roads; it's being more thoughtful and efficient with the places that we're creating.
0: And you have Finn Farms opening an organic farm, so you're going to have some of the the best produce in this in the state of florida as well you're just constantly doing it all which raises the question what's next (laughs) we
1: we have a number of things uh, that we're working on we uh we have a drone delivery system we're working on uh we we're we're hoping to uh, introduce an autonomous delivery system um and I think something we're real excited about that actually we're gonna announce, uh, so this is not an announcement, by the way, so just <laughs> for the record, um, but we have what we're, we're, what's called Innovation Way where we have, uh, we have four builders, uh, and I mean some of the top builders in the entire United States of America who are building homes that have all the latest technology, all the newest technology that is not in homes today. And they're building a control house that is built the kind of the current way. Then they're building a home with all these new technologies that, quite frankly, I'd never heard of. That's going up right now as we speak. And then they're building a third one, many of them, that is going to show, you know, the the walls are going to be open and they're going to show all these technologies. So this is what we're calling Innovation Way. and, And when it's finished, it'll be open to the public for people to actually see. But not only is it for people to see. But it's also for us to learn and uh, to see how these, these new uh, ideas, these new technologies actually live in a real house. So we're very, very excited about that. That's just one of the things. Again, Babcock Ranch is a living laboratory, and we're going to do more and more of these things over the years.
0: And is that, as new technologies come in the smart home or voice activation, those on innovation way, those homes will incorporate these new technologies, eventually work their way into the residence homes if they so choose?
1: And that's the idea. The idea is to see how it works. New HVA systems. Uh, Gosh, there's an autonomous uh, lawnmower, as an example. I mean, there's all kinds (laughs) of things uh, that that are going to be used and tried. And if successful, they will certainly be incorporated into the homes that are going to be built at Babcock Ranch
0: that's fantastic and I have a Roomba that mops my floors and I absolutely love it it's, we call it Ginger and my daughter thinks it's fun because she hits the button okay Ginger go, go <laughs> clean the floors that's right. and it becomes it becomes part of your life and becomes integrated and Sid you're building the the city of the future and I thank you so much for, for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the SE Tomorrow Today podcast and as we look to wrap this up what would you like our listeners to take with them because we, we covered a lot of ground today you know I, I think what I want
1: people to understand is, is that you can be environmentally responsible, you can be sustainable, and it can be affordable, and it can be done. Uh, I think there's been a lot of skepticism uh, that you hear that it, it just doesn't make economic sense to do what we're doing, and that just simply is not true. If you do it right from the beginning... Uh, the, the the costs are, are are certainly not more than doing it uh, the old conventional way and I think people should know that uh, this is the future and I think you're going to see it all over the country.
0: It can be done. Babcock Ranch is a clear example of building a sustainable community for the future that's economically viable is the way to go and said thank you so much for taking the time to come on today because today is tomorrow. Sorry. Tomorrow is today. Today is tomorrow, and Babcock Ranch is the future. Sid, thank you so much. Thank you, Grayson. It's been it's been a pleasure being with you today. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. Be sure to join us next time when I sit down with Tim Fraser of Bosch USA to discuss their new cross-domain computing solutions division and the future of car software. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate review. And let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next by emailing us at podcast at sae.org. That's podcast at sae.org. And be sure to follow us on LinkedIn to stay connected and to continue the conversation.
1: SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.